0: So we're going through this series, people of the Bible, and and we're going to be a little bit little bit off topic of people of the Bible, and then talking about angels because they the angels are not human; uh, they're spirits. Um, but it is interesting because they are a very pivotal part of the Christmas story of the of the account that took place. With Mary and Joseph, so as we have learned in looking at Mary and Joseph the last two weeks, we realize that Mary first encounters an angel through an angelic visitation, and it, and he speaks to her, telling her that she is going to give birth to a child miraculously, and, and she's going to conceive of the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph also has an encounter, but differently. Joseph actually has a dream of an angel, and the angel speaks to him in a dream. And so uh, then we have the, the pronouncement of the birth, which we just saw the little video intro about the, the pronouncement that, that there first is an angel that declares that Jesus is born. And then um, the sky opens up with uh, angelic, a host of a whole multitude of angels and the shepherds see it. Well, not only are we going to talk about angels, which is a really fascinating topic, but but in the news recently, we have had people who have been talking about angelic visitations in the Gaza Strip um, during the conflict. And they whether or not this is factual today, you can't trust anything you see really on social media because people can manipulate and people can say whatever they want to say and graphically uh, modify anything. But, but there are some significant sources that people would say that, they, that people have been having angelic visitations and people are actually coming to the Lord because of it. And so um, I think it's a, it's a timely message. I think it's important for us to know, one, how to, if we had an angelic visitation, what would, what would we do? I think that's kind of important to know. I think a lot of people have this idea of of guardian angels. Is that true or is that not true? Do we really have, what's the purpose of angels? And um, and just trying to understand, you know, how does the spiritual realm and the natural realm uh, engage together? Because we realize that even though we function in a physical realm, there is very much a spiritual realm around us that engages with with us. And as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit that can give us discernment. But as non-Christians who are out there, there are forces that are um, are battling for people's souls. The next question is are our demons who are demons and are they fallen angels? And so we're gonna be talking about those topics today. But I, I like to root us in scripture and if you have your Bibles you can turn with me to Luke chapter Luke chapter two verse 8 says this, and in the same region there were shepherds out in their field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the one angel, now a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So here we have uh, not only Mary and Joseph encountering angels, now that we have the shepherds encountering angels. But I think it's interesting to understand what is the purpose of angels and and how do they interact with humans. And, And we realize that we saw initially Mary, Joseph, now the shepherds, the angels, which this term angel really means messenger, they are messengers of God is one of their functions. They really carry five functions. They, they are not only messengers, but they are protectors and guardians, and we'll uh, get into some scriptures that relate to that as well. And maybe I'll give you a scripture right out of the out of the gate, Psalm 91, 11 through 12, and I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures today because I think it's really important that this topic gets rooted in the word of God, like all of our topics, Um, And then do know that what I'm going to share, there are other Christian, probably interpretations of what those are. And so I want to give you some kind of framework, but then also know that um, there may be some other interpretations of how you would view that. But in Psalm 91, 11 through 12, that that we see that in the book of Psalms, that God sends angels to protect and guard those who fear him, the scripture says. God sends angels to guard and protect those who fear him. And this is this idea of where a guardian angel um, comes from. You might have heard stories of people who um, were in the middle of a uh, crisis, whether it was going to be a car accident. Actually, I do know. I I heard a story from the real person who was driving a car, and they were veering off the road, getting ready to go to a head-on collision, and they saw a hand reach into their car and take a steering wheel and pull them back onto the road. And what was that hand? We don't know, but it could be an angel but to guard and protect, to guard and protect. But the angels are also known for worship and praise. And you see this in this, um, in this account, when the angels appeared to the shepherds, they started praising God. They turned the attention back to God to say, all glory and praise, all glory and praise. And in revelation, we realize that angels are around the throne room of God, worshiping him. And so angels are, are beings of worship. Angels also work to execute the will of God. And, and we read through certain accounts of how God's purposes are not only accomplished through human beings, but He He kind of, well, He doesn't kind of, he, he asks of his angels to take on assignments to, to accomplish tasks. We we realize that as messengers, we have archangels, Gabriel, Michael. Uh, who have been mentioned in the uh, Word of God? Who will take on responsibility and tax, tasks to help accomplish God's purposes? And then we realize that angels are very much uh, involved in spiritual warfare. That there are battles going on. A couple of scriptures that um, for you to kind of look at: Daniel 10 verse, uh, chapter 10 verse 13, and Revelation 12 7 through 9 are some scriptures that talk about this this warfare that is going on. In the heavenlies. Now, the other interesting thing about warfare, though, is we need to realize that there are angels that have that once were in heavenly places that were through disobedience and through rebellion uh, were cast out of heaven, and now are are really their domain is earth and uh, there would be some that would say that those uh, angels are actually demons and we know that Satan or Lucifer uh, was an angel that was uh, a high-ranking a worshiper and felt like he wanted to be in the same plane as God and said no you cannot do this and he rebelled against God. Uh, Scripture tells us a third of the angels went with him and now they are there to uh, not only torment, but to deceive human beings because their goal is to have as many people as possible not come to Christ and, and really create a domain and a dominion uh, for them, uh, which they will spend eternity in hell as well. So here we go, and I just want to give you some other, um, so we have those five purposes. So they're messengers, they're protectors and guardians, they, they have their worshipers and praise, they execute God's will, and they are a part of spiritual warfare. But then you have to realize, how do, they, how do we interact with human beings? Okay, so we know they're messengers, that they can appear to people, and and yet there are spiritual forces around us all the time, and maybe angelic beings around us that we just can't see. And you're like, well, well, what's the biblical evidence of that? Do you remember in uh, I believe it's the second book of Kings that Elisha is um, is under well, really the siege is going to be happening against uh, Israel and. And he begins to start saying, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. And he asked the servants, he asked the Lord to have a servant's eyes opened up. And when the servant's eyes opened up, he saw that there was an angel army, an army of angels, chariots of fire, and they were, they were protecting them. And so here it took a, a spiritual awakening for their spiritual eyes to be seen and allowing them to see this spiritual force that was around them. Again, we God can speak or God can show us that by our spiritual eyes being opened up, but he also speaks through dreams and visions and have, allowing people to have these dreams and visions of, of angels as well. So if you remember J, uh, Jacob, so Jacob after he... I don't know how this works, because he he's a deceiver. He deceives his brother, Esau. He gets the uh, inheritance from his father. He's kind of running away from Esau. He's sleeping uh, outdoors. He uses the rock as a pillow. And he has a dream of angels ascending and descending out of heaven, showing this connection between um, heaven and earth, and uh, angels kind of engaging in those two spheres, in those two uh, dominions. And so then, then we realize that, okay, well, then God uses messengers and angels, but we don't see them or hear of them a whole lot um, today, except, again, if you were to have individuals, which you maybe have said they've had angelic um, encounters, or today there seems to be a heightened activity uh, with angels, it could be easily very fascinating to begin to start saying, hey, I want to look into angels. And if these are messengers, maybe I want to study them and, and I want to kind of like, what do they know? And, and maybe I should engage with them. And, and we're warned, though, what we, how we should be engaging with angels. We're warned that, um, one, they're not to be worshipped in Revelation it tells us, remember when John has now these, this this angel who, who opens up his eyes to, in this great revelation of end times. This great le- revelation of how times are going to unfold. And this angel appears to him and, and John falls to his knees and starts worshiping the angel. And says, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just a fellow servant. Get up off of your knees. Get, get up off your knees. Don't worship me. And, and realizing that we are to only, this is in Revelation 19 Revelation 19, uh, chapter 19, verse 10. It says this, and I, and I fell at his feet and worshiped him. But he said to me, Do not do that I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers and sisters who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. He, he's reorienting. So angels will always reorient to, um, to God. I would say angels that are on mission with Jesus for God. Because remember, there's fallen angels or angels no longer are wanting to represent God. And this is the, this is the challenge. And this is why we should never uh, have so much fascination with angels. Because there are also angels who disguise themselves as people of light. We know that Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light many times. And so the the possibility of deception is really high. And and this is why if you were to ever have an angelic visitation or have even heard of people having angelic visitations, you want to be seeing, is that angel proclaiming Jesus and pointing, pointing people to God? If not, then you're going to say there's creating some fascination around a spiritual thing and it very well easily could be deception. Um, Otter and I had a great opportunity to spend um, some time with Richie and Kresslin. And uh, the, the church council, actually you guys, gave us a gift, uh, a night away, at uh, a hotel. And it was so nice. Thank you. We went with uh, Richie and Kresslin. We spent some time together. But what we were talking about as we were having dinner together was like, how is it that people can make some, get into sinful things, and not see the consequences of their sin, and we our conversation began to start talking about the deception that takes place when people start making those decisions. Because I, they're like, can't you realize when you A plus B equals C that you're gonna have the 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 pain that's gonna result of that sinful activity? And I, and I'm just like we're discussing and saying, but, but the deception along the way that their eyes and their hearts are clouded to really understand what it is that they're doing. And this is why a faith community is so important. A body of believers that people can speak into each other's lives and say, Hey, caution, watch out what you're doing over here because we have an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And we have demons who want to cloud our perception. You know, just as much as, and if there's one big idea that I wanted to walk away with today, and by the way, for those of you who are online, we just want to welcome you for being online with us today. Um, Victoria has already let me know how many of you guys are watching, and and she's engaging with you, so great to have you online with us, but but I just want to let you know that sometimes we... we We have this possibility of deception just as, oh, here's my one big idea. I got sidetracked when I was greeting our folks online. The one big idea is open our eyes to see. Open our eyes to see. If you're to write one thing, and I want you to think about one thing, open our eyes to see. See what Elisha had done, he said said to a servant, God, open his eyes so he can see the forces around him. Now, these were good angels, but I would also say open our eyes to see, to understand the spiritual forces that are around us that are are the deceiving spirits as well. That we should have this discernment as followers of Jesus to say, open our eyes to see really what is going on today. Open our eyes to see that we would have this discernment and not a fascination but a discernment to realize that even though we're in a physical world there is a very real world that's spiritual that's around us as well and we need to come to this place of saying god i want to see i want to see one so it doesn't create fear so when there's the world is is in turmoil we don't have fear right elijah didn't have fear he says when this army's coming don't worry God's got it under control. Don't worry. And I, and I think this is the other reason too, that, that when the scripture tells us that we have authority over powers and principalities, it is so true. This this scripture really um, fascinated me. I was reading uh, this not too long ago in 1 Corinthians. It was talking about, I believe it's 1 Corinthians, it might be 2 Corinthians. We were talking about how Humans will actually be judging angels. Humans will judge angels. And I'm thinking, what, how is it that humans will judge angels? Well, one, I think obviously there are angels who have sinned. So maybe we are judging the angels who have sinned. So those would be the, the demons. But maybe there is, there is this sense of authority that we have because the scripture says that we rule and reign with Christ and, and we carry his authority with us. And I don't even think that authority that we carry with us is like in eternity, but I think it's here and now. And I, I believe that, that when we begin to start seeing that we have the authority of Jesus Christ in us, that these powers and principalities, these rulers and these demonic forces that we really actually have authority over them, it's really powerful to think about. And I think sometimes we cower away and say, "Ooh, that's too scary or that's too big or that's too, I just need to stay away from that. And I'm saying, don't don't pursue it. Um, don't pursue it in a way that you're not aware of what you're pursuing. Like, don't go in there foolishly to say, like, I'm I'm just gonna go like with my sickle and we're gonna like take down some demons, right? I I feel like there's some discernment and and some. Some awareness that you need to go through that, because if you're not fortified and prepared, remember, there's, there's spiritual forces that can, can come against you as well. But the authority that you have in Christ Jesus is powerful, is powerful. I want to find that scripture for you, because it is, uh, it's really important. By the way, if I can't find that scripture, guess who will find it for you? Uh, I'll mention it. Peter Mahegan, who writes the study notes. He will have it for you by three o'clock this afternoon, because he will dig in there and get it for you. And he'll make a note, right, Peter? He'll make a note about our authority um, over the demonic forces. Next. I want to talk about, I have a lot of different notes here today, and I'm not going to get through them all, but I wanted to pick through what I wanted to, I thought was important. Remember, the big idea is open our eyes. Open our eyes. I think in in the latter days, um, I think there's going to be more supernatural activity. I think there is going to be more... um, Awareness of the spiritual world. We're seeing this, whether it's true or not true. I can't give claim or evidence to whether it's true, but multiple people are saying that they're having these encounters. Uh, with angels in the Middle East right now, actually, a lot of people are having dreams of Jesus as well. There was a story um, a couple weeks ago that uh, 200 Palestinian men came to Jesus, and again, it's it's an internet story, so whether or not it's true or not, I can't give you evidence, but these are sound sources. But they had dreams of Jesus, and they came to the Lord. These are these are non-Christian people, Palestinians who have who have had dreams and visions of Jesus, and they've come to the Lord. So as this activity is rising, though, I think what what is important for us to understand is, one, angels are messengers. They came at the very first appearance of Jesus, and they proclaimed the Messiah, but they pointed not only the Messiah, but they pointed back to God and celebrated and worshiped God. And as this activity may be another sign of, of Jesus' return that this, this, this angelic visitations may be another pronouncement of Jesus' uh, soon coming. We need to have some discernment to realize that, that there are, as much as they are godly forces, there are demonic forces at play. And as we know in Revelation, this great battle of Armageddon is really starts in the spirit and then it manifests on earth. And so our awareness of this is really important. So what do angels look like? I think that's something, another thing that people are, are interested in. What do angels look like? Do they always have wings? Do they not have wings? Well, we, we do know from the scripture that, that some angels uh, will have wings. Revelation talks about angels having wings. But there are others Who will show up and they will look like human beings. The scripture that says, beware, you might be entertaining angels like showing hospitality. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 2 says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for thereby, thereby some have entertained angels unaware. So if somebody showed up to your door looking for some help and who had these big massive wings, you'd probably understand that these were probably angels, right? An angel has shown up. But it says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. That, that key is unaware. So they take on human form. They can take on human form and, and you don't even recognize whether they are... Uh, angels are not angels. So they can, I don't know if they have the ability to change their form, but they are human-like, and, but yet they're spirit. And so obviously some have, some have wings, some do not have wings, but we, we realize that they, they will come and they will bear light and they will typically bear a message of hope and life. 1 Corinthians 6.3 is a, the scripture on which? Judging, judging. judging angels. Okay. Peter, you have been one-upped on that one. Somebody has found it before you. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 6.3, is that correct? All right. 1 Corinthians You had that too, Audra. Thank you so much. See, that's the nice thing about your phones today. I know you just did a quick Google search on that one. All right. The other thing I think is interesting is because some people would think that a fascination with angels is okay and I, I don't believe that we should be fascinated by them. I, I think when they when they do their business, let them do their business. But I feel like in many ways the culture can easily lead us to this fascination with the, with the supernatural but even in, in Jesus' time, And the early church, there's a scripture here in Colossians. So Paul would write the church in Colossae chapter two, verse 18. He says, do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. And they are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual minds. And so really he or he is, he says, watch out for those people. Don't listen to them. False humility and those who want to worship angels and really their fascination with the supernatural. I would say that the only fascination with the supernatural that we should have is fascination with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and our father in heaven. That's who we should be fascinated by. That's who we should study. That's who we should look to. That is who we should worship. That is who we should pursue. Not angels not this is why I'm not sure if any of you try to that you need to repent if you have tarot cards anything that is like angels you do not pray to angels the the scripture tells us that our only intermediary to our father in heaven is Jesus Christ you you don't pray to spiritual beings you don't ask for their discernment on things if they show up and you want to give a message and, and they're proclaiming God and Jesus um Scripture tells us, you know, test these things out with two or three witnesses. But, but remember, in Matthew 10, 4, verse 10, it says, Jesus said to them, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Right? This, this idea of just because they're from heaven doesn't mean that they're to be worshiped. As we saw that in Revelation, the angel itself said, you know, don't worship me. Hey, if you if you have an angelic encounter and and the angel basically wants your worship, you'll know that's not an angel of God, right? So the angels always defer you to worship God and God alone. So guardian angels, um, yeah, there's some scriptures around that. There's some some realizing that um, that are they are not only. Uh, Helpful and ministering spirits, but there are maybe. And again, this is this is not a guarantee. There's some scriptures that would give some reference that that these helping spirits are are assigned to people to help them along the way. But but there's not enough evidence that I would that I could say with assurance that every person has a guardian angel. We know that angels can be. Um, Commissioned at any point in time to help people and God's creation. I think I'd like to close this time with understanding this idea of of fallen angels. In Revelations 12, 7 through 9, this passage describes this war between Michael um, and his angels and the dragon, which would be Satan and his angels. I made reference to this earlier and and this is kind of the setup of this this great battle, spiritual battle that's going to take place at the end. And so we know that there is going to be this heightened spiritual conflict that takes place in this end time. And it's a very real possibility that these are the fallen angels that um, will pick up this maybe feel emboldened because a society has given them power. By the way, we, when we give in to sin, it emboldens and gives demonic power and energy. And it bolsters their, their confidence and it bolsters their power to continue to bring uh, demonic influence to people's lives and to the world. In 2 Peter 2 verse 4, it does speak about these angels who have sinned. And that they were cast into hell. It doesn't explicitly mention demons, but again, we know that um, fallen angels, which they have a dominion on the world, you can make that connection to say that they are uh, they are demons. And then Jude one verse six, a similar scripture that, but it references to this. They've had to leave their dwelling place and inhabit a different place because of their, of their sin. And they had to depart. Um, God basically says, you no longer have permission to be up here because of your sin. So application that I wanted to give for us. And again, I, I wanted to say what the big idea, remember, was, was open our eyes. I think we need to have spiritual discernment. I'm going to pray that over us today that we need to have a discerning heart and spirit that we need to understand what is of God and what is not of God. I think we it's important for us, our eyes to see the deception that's around us. I also feel like our our eyes need to be open to maybe the um, the media that might start to publicize or these sightings or what have you, and just need some discernment to understand, okay, is this of God or are these, are these God's angels or are these angels deceiving people because they're masking themselves of angels of light, but really they are fallen angels. They're demons. But the application for us is this. Even though angels are fascinating creatures I would encourage, us encourage you to keep your focus on Jesus and Jesus alone. You will never go wrong by saying, I am putting my trust in Jesus and his word. Don't get too preoccupied with, with these spiritual encounters. I would encourage you to keep rooted in your relationship with Jesus and his word. That will ground you and that will keep you from being deceived. Number two. Guess what? You should practice hospitality. Be kind to everybody around you because you might not know that you're entertaining an angel. If there's anything about being kind to people, you never know who you're being kind to. It might be an angel. And then number three, and I've said this multiple times, um, pursue a relationship, practice hospitality, but, but have discernment. And I'm going to close with this. Remember, open my eyes, open my eyes. Even though um, we have these battles going on around us, one, we don't have to be afraid. You have authority over the demonic. You have authority over the, um, the works of the enemy because of those who have Jesus inside of you. You have this power as you rule and reign with Christ to have authority over, so you do not have to succumb to fear. The very first Christmas that took place, it was almost like heaven and earth had this greater connection. It's almost like the, the veil was being unraveled or unfolded so people could see behind another dimension and they could start seeing the spiritual world that was around them. And I believe as the time is coming that, that the Messiah, Jesus, is coming back to earth again, that there will be another unfolding of, of the, this veil that, that doesn't allow us to see the spiritual as much. And I want us to to be open to what God wants to show us, but I also want to caution you to not be overly fascinated by it, but to discern and to keep your eyes looking at the soon coming King, which is Jesus Christ. We're here to be ready to meet Jesus face to face. Open your hearts to Jesus. Open your spiritual eyes to see our soon coming King. Let's pray. Lord, your scripture is filled with these encounters, these sightings, these declarations of your angels. Father, we we do know that angels are around us. We do know that we also have fallen angels around us. These are powers and principalities of the air. Lord, we do not need to be afraid. We do not need to be concerned. But Lord, I do pray that we are aware and have discernment. Father, let us continue to stay grounded and rooted in you, Lord Jesus. Especially as this Christmas season comes, Father, let us not only be distracted by uh, the things of the world and the chaos in the world and the conflicts in the world and, or even be overly fascinated by the spiritual encounters that people are having. But father, we would be just grounded and solid in our relationship with you, Jesus, that, that not only in our relationship with you, Jesus, that we would grow in our relationship with you, our father, our father in heaven. Jesus, you taught us how to pray. Not praying to angels, not praying to spiritual beings, but praying to our Father, our Father. We're praying to you, God, our Father, through Jesus Christ. Let us be solid in that, Lord Jesus. Let us not waver into uh, getting a little bit lax in our pursuit of our relationship. But Father, let us celebrate well Jesus, our Messiah our Emmanuel, God with us this Christmas season. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.